Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 117, the Punchboarders talk some recent plays. We head on over to the crowdfunding corner. We look back at Dominant Species Marines and then finally draft the most overrated games. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. Chad, I uh, I noticed you have some uh, red and white uh, painted uh, fingernails there. What's what's going on? Well, I, I, I did my color chart, and they told me that I was a spring. And so, mm. you know. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's very becoming of you. Yeah. Yes, it is. I, <laughs> Thank I, you. I like it a lot. Uh, um, thanks. I've gotten some compliments. Does it have anything it. to do with a uh, certain, certain big red team beating a uh, another team? No, I, don't, yep. I, I don't even want to talk about college yeah, football. Yeah, I know you don't want to talk about college football. I knew <laughs> you were going to be. That's why I was like, well, you know, hey, we can't get too much crab. Just because uh, my team was the only one to win out of all of our teams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, That's probably the first time in a while that a, a Iowa. Long- Ohio wow. State was right. lost, but Nebraska's won on the weekend. You yeah. know how he kept saying over and over last year, like, we're the best three-win team, right? <laughs> like, uh, he kept uh, saying that. And and so <laughs> I, I was thinking, though, because uh, Iowa really did deserve to lose, and they really, their record does not even give a hint at the uh, or offensive ineptitude. And it's so bad. they... <clears throat> They are the worst seven-win team that I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how you watch that offense all year. No, that was only my second game watching them play. Yeah. Their offense is wildly bad. Yeah. Well, by the time I started watching it, they were on the comeback, and I was like, oh, Nebraska's going to do it again. I really did think Nebraska was going to just... Because I'll tell you, to me, good good teams find ways to win football games. Bad teams find ways to lose football team games. And right now, Nebraska is just... Finds ways to lose. So, mm. But, hey, I'll take the win. Uh, they were literally, the players, I mean, they were like acting like it was a freaking, you know. It was their bowl, <laughs> it was. Was their bowl game. <laughs> well, when you haven't beat a team in seven years and you it's keep true. hearing yeah, about true. it. That is true. Um, they probably should have stormed the field. <laughs> anyway. In Iowa? <laughs> yeah. All the, all the fans just yeah. stormed the field. Well, they had the, the Trying to take down the goalpost. Like, <laughs> if you watch it, one of the Iowa fans had a hold of the Heroes Trophy. I and saw they're that. They take it back. <laughs> and people were like, what are you going to do with it? If yeah. you <laughs> right. uh, here. Uh, yeah, so I don't. I mean, uh, here's the thing. I don't think I'll do this all the time, but I, you know, it doesn't look bad. Actually, so you obviously lost a bet. Yes. So I'm yeah. assuming. I, I lost a bet. Okay. So my fingernails are red and white, and okay. and that's what's going on. Actually, we do this bet every year. Like one year, uh, the the loser, the Nebraska guy, had to eat a dozen donuts at one time. <laughs> yeah, I remember you about that one. <laughs> he had his head down on oh. it on the desk, and he was like, oh, I feel oh. so bad." I right? painted my nails before that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. This this is much easier. And actually. <laughs> Actually, I, I came up with this idea. He didn't want to do it, so he he came up with the nails. But my idea, which is based on a on a one of my old favorite movies called Kicking and Screaming, was that you had to come to work with eyeliner on, but whenever anybody asked you about it, you had to act like you didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 would be, what do you mean? I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 
Oh, it's awesome. So yeah, it's pain. All right, all right. Well, let's talk about some happy stuff. So, Chad, what did you get some gaming in during the holidays? Here's happy stuff. Yeah, Ooh. I had COVID. So, uh, oh. yeah. hey, you went a long time. I know. Hey, I held yeah. out the longest there of all of us. I should get some sort of award. <laughs> yeah. Well, the award I really got because I got it from my wife. You know, I was here. I I told her I'm like, here I am trying to protect you, make sure you don't get COVID, God. being so careful and precautionary, and then you bring it home to all all of us. And you guys are careful. I mean. Oh. You guys are probably the most careful yeah. people that I see out yeah. there, and you yeah. know, well, still can get you. Yeah. Well, well, so glad you're alive. I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did a lot of solo gaming over Thanksgiving. Then for that All right. reason. All right. So I played a solo version of Railways of the World or Railways of Nippon. Actually, um, a, a while back, I had gotten the Kickstarter, and I got. Uh, you know, kind of these two Kickstarters close together that I still haven't played yet. One is a solo Concordia and the other one is a solo Railways of the World deck. It's got all the different boards in it. Uh, it is designed by, in part, by David Turchi. And uh, it's a pretty smooth system, actually. The way it's got a card row and then you draw a card and it triggers and tells you which card in the card row uh, is getting activated. Um, and so... Basically, the Automa sort of does actions that way. The reason I still own Railways uh, of Nippon is because Stephanie will play it with me, which is, you know, which is good. That's huge. But I uh, I played the Nippon map, and the difference is you, you can take two actions, then the Railbot or AI goes, and then you get to take a third action, basically. Um, you do have a token called Insurance, and basically Insurance will cancel out... Uh, an option that the railbot will be able to choose because there's one where you get taxation and that is two times, however many, um, whatever the value is of your, uh, bonds that you've already taken. So if you don't have that right on you, then you instantly have to take out more bonds too. So that's a kind of a killer one. There's a taxation card that can come out and then a taxation and a deadhead card. Deadhead card goes out and, and nixes how many cards can come out into the card row for your your opening auction cards, you know, those, those cards. And that's an action to grab one of those and do it too. But anyway, if you take that insurance token and put it on one of the cards to keep the railbot from using it, um, you can do that. And then when it, when it gets picked, it just goes out and goes out of the game. Um, but... It takes two actions to do that. So it's like, and it has to be your first two actions always. So it's kind of an interesting choice. You, you really have to want to use that. Um, the only downside to this, and I love how smooth it is. And the, like I said, the deck of cards has one for the Australia map, one for Mexico, one for all that stuff. The only downside of it is, and this is kind of railways downside too, is a lot of times you're going after those big uh, trips link bonuses. Y yes. Those link bonuses where you're like, Oh, I, I connected these two mm -hmm. and I get yep. the points. Right. Um, so the downside is I don't think you'd want to play a bunch of this solo, uh, at least the same map because you already know, you can see what the cards are going to do. And that's good because you can plan for it, but you already know which ones, because there are certain ones that just never get chosen. Um, because you're, you're, you pare down the map, um, when you do this. And so there's certain ones that are never going to get chosen. And so you always know that you're going to try to get these bonuses before the rail bot does. And, you know, 
at least when they're players, you're not sure what the timing is of those kinds of things. And so I feel like it's limited in its replayability. Now you have a whole deck of different maps. If you have the, it's probably worth it if you have the other maps, you know, because it's not like you're going to play this all the time, but it's a, it's a nice significant diversion, but it's just not one that you're just going to get and play the same map over and over. Cause it'll get old real quick. But that was an interesting uh, solo play. I also played some Final Girl. I just picked up Final Girl. Yeah, so it, yeah. it it is it's a fun thing to just sit and play through and and enjoy, you know, cuz you're rolling dice and stuff like that, but you can you can still tell a story out of it, you know, you're Freddy Krueger or Jason down by the lake and then Let's say which uh, feature did you play? I actually I played the um I played the Freddy Krueger one. I can't think of, it's it's Dr. Oh, uh Dr. Fright? Yes, maybe. That's what it yeah. is. I think it's the one that has nightmare puppets. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I pl- I played that one and then I played Hans the Butcher, which was nice cuz that one's a great one to start with because you you just have the very base things, but you can turn it over, you know, you turn those scenario cards over and you're like, "Oh, I got to protect my little sister or whatever," you know, which kind of changes it up. So. They also have the gruesome death uh well, you can just go to their site and just read it like when someone when a victim dies. Yeah. Then you can read it. But they also made a book that you can buy as well. <laughs> That's funny. Just so you can. Yeah. I mean, I think the I think it, they do a good job of the, you know, the scenario and stuff. And yeah. And that production is insane. I, I love the those boxes. They have the uh, killer boards on yeah. either side and the different uh, final girls. It's nice. And you can just mix and match. So, you know, that you can have camp happy trails. You can have camp happy trails with the, uh, you know, the Freddy Krueger guy. So anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, Cal- I think you might actually like Final Girl. If, what? No. Of when he, uh. he just, here's the thing. He he has no problem ever getting anybody to play a game with him whenever he wants. So he's just he, talking about who's playing Argentina two-handed because he couldn't find anybody to play with. Well, because I couldn't find anybody like last second. So, <laughs> so. so. Uh, no, I don't think he would like it. But uh, our solo gamers, it's that's, that's a good experience. Do you like horror movies? No, not really. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah then you wouldn't like yeah. it. Um, one game that he did play with me, actually a couple games I'll talk about that he did play with me. One was Terra Nova, actually, which Ooh, I'm, I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah, actually. so this will be interesting. So we played Terra Nova, which is out by Capstone, and it is the Terra Mystica Light is what I would call it. Exactly. Capstone has just recently published it, and uh, it is designed by Andreas Fall, and basically you have one resource, essentially, plus money. Um, so it pairs down that you don't have the tracks, uh, that you're moving up to get certain things. Um, the rules are just a little, a little more simplified and it's more in the service of, um, you know, not, not having to remember or do as much. Mm-hmm. However, the, uh, the downside of it too, we played with somebody who's very familiar with Terra Mystica and he was frustrated that he couldn't do certain things to mitigate certain things in other words there wasn't the flexibility of trading certain things in for other stuff sometimes or you know just because it's more rules i feel like if you already have terra mystica or gaia project and you have no shortage of people to play them with and feel like you can teach them to anybody you do not need this you don't uh however if there's somebody that doesn't always do well with uh long rules teaches or you think they would like to play it, or you yourself have never played any of them and wonder if Terra Mystica is a step too far, this is a nice way to get into it. I will say the art is a zillion times better than anything in either of the previously mentioned 
uh, two games. Well, I was thinking about looking at it to play with Knox. Like, do you think it could play younger? Hmm. Like seven around there? That age? Where it is, it is very simplified. Like mm-hmm. you, like Chad said, you only have the money. That's your only resource that you okay. use in the game. And you do eliminate a lot of the, like, you don't burn power anymore. You just, whatever the power is. And there's not a lot of ways to get power during the round. Right. Um, maybe. It's okay. it's a I lot, though, still. It is. I've been, Knox is very proud of himself. We played the World of Warcraft Pandemic. Well, okay. And it's four, it says 14 plus on the box. So yeah. that, he's just going around touting. He's like, I, I played a 14 plus <laughs> game. I love that. <laughs> Say, hey, mom, I played a 14 plus game. Yeah. I would say give it a try. I yeah. mean, right. I mean you could certainly borrow it from me and see if okay. uh, yeah, what do you I think, think I'm going to do that. Okay. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, for what it was, it was fine. Yes. Definitely I would as Chad said, if you already can play Terra Mystica and Gaia Project, it, there's no need to go backwards, mm-hmm. but if it's a step that you're looking to move somebody towards those games, right. I think it's a great first step. It okay. is. It's really good player aids. Like like I said, the production is so nice. Uh I just like whereas the the art style of the other two games sort of put me off. Mm. This like brought me in. It was, it's pretty, you know? Yeah. Uh, I got, I got one more game to mention. I, mean, I like mentioned like 10 18 games, games last <laughs> Yeah, that is true. So you go right and, and this is one that Clef, Clef uh, played. And this, of all of the ones that I'm going to mention, uh, I'm really high on. And uh, I think this is, yeah, I like this game a lot. And Richie, I want to play it with you too. Okay. I am super high on this game. It is called Fire and Stone, Siege of Vienna, and it is a two-player war game about the conflict between the Habsburgs and the Ottoman Empire. And uh, basically, it is called, like I said, the Siege of Vienna because the city is under siege. It was one of the first like modern, I don't want to say modern, but it, big warfare sieges. And there were all these tunnels being dug um, to kind of breach the the Ottoman Empire was trying to kind of breach the city in different ways. And so that's a main mechanism in this game. But you, you're you basically trying to lay siege to the city, and the city has all these cannons all over it. Um, so if you're the Ottoman Empire, you start out pretty small. You have a lot of soldiers because you've really prepared for war, and that's your biggest resource. Um, and what they're trying to do is, is kind of eliminate all those soldiers. Uh, so you basically have... It's a card-driven game, and what you are doing each round is you get uh, actions and you're playing cards. You either play cards for an action. Uh, some of those things are like spreading out. I can't think of the names, excuse me, but you, you can spread out your troops from a single point. You can, um, you can dig tunnels, um, and when you do that, you're reaching in a bag and you have shovels, and they go out face down, and they have a certain number, and you can cause cave-ins to the other side once you reach uh, a, a threshold of numbers, basically, with those shovels. So you're trying to do that. You can attack, basically, um, the, the trenched inside the... Habsburgs are, it's called the sortie, the uh, sieging player, it's called an attack, essentially. And then you have all these other things that the cards can do, too, that are more powerful. And so you're sometimes balancing how you want to, how you want to do things, how you want to use things. You also have a tactics deck so that when you do go to battle, you have these other cards that are troops and they have a value of numbers and you're putting those face down in front of you. 
There are also barricades for each side. It's just that the uh, the city one is entrenched a little bit more. But there are barricades for each side, and those affect which troops you can have at your front lines and your back lines. So these troop cards have certain numbers. You're laying them out face down, and you're each trying to gauge what numbers your other player is putting out. And you're trying to beat each other's, basically in addition to sort of that barricade threshold that you're trying to do. You can use these tactics cards to supplement the attack or the defense. So uh, sometimes they will add add um, a modifier to your cards and, and cause you to have more attack. Sometimes they will cause you not to have the casualties so you don't have to get rid of the troops or to have less casualties or just do different things. So you've got these different phases where you're going back and forth with these cards and playing them for the different uh, for the different actions or for the different uh, things on them, the events, and then generally you're just trying to uh, trying to beat down the other side. the uh, The Habsburgs win if they can last all five years or rounds, basically, essentially, or if they can eliminate all the troops of the other side. The Ottoman Empire wins if they can lay siege and uh, hold certain points on the wall either or on these other points on the city um, and if they can hold those out uh, they win so I think it's a, it, it plays like 30 45 minutes once you know it because it can play pretty smooth and fast and if you know the cards and to me this is like if you played uh, if you played Watergate and thought this is a really good kind of intro to these card driven games it moves snappy it moves fast this is that same kind of thing even if you're not a war gamer you might really like this game there is some dice rolling but you kind of know what you're getting into you have to dice roll when you when you're doing casualties and other stuff but clef what did you think as a war gamer what did you think about this game um i liked it i did i was surprised i uh you know when you first kind of talked about it it being a little lighter i was like "Ah, i don't know if it's really going to be you know my cup of tea but but i generally enjoyed it. Um, it is definitely on the lighter side of a war game, you know, and I, but I like the fact that it, uh, you know, a lot of war games, when you're doing card driven things, you're, you know, you're into ops points and this and that and everything where this is really simplified. You either use it for the event or you use it for one of like five actions that you get to pick. So it's like a lot more simplified in that way. Um, and I like the whole troop thing, how you, you know, you put up so many troops, but then if you're attacking a, you know, a, one of the barriers, you know, some of those troops are going to have to go to the back because they got to take care of that barrier. And so it doesn't make you as strong up front. Um, I thought it was very even, you know, I mean, that well, you kind of kicked my butt in the first game we played because you'd kind of had a little bit of an idea what was going on. I was still trying to feel it out. But in the second game we played, it was really back and forth. And then I just barely was able to kind of, you know, get enough momentum together to kind of take that wall. Um, I definitely would recommend this. And I especially, I think you hit it on the head. If, if Watergate was kind of a jam for you, you know, and that's, you know, to me, that's kind of a, you know, a twilight struggle type of game that, you know, is a lot lighter. This is definitely something I think people that are not necessarily war gamers could still really enjoy. So yeah, I, I'd recommend it for sure. Yeah. I'm excited to give it a try. Yeah. Uh, I would provide. love to play it with you. Yeah. The production looks great too. Oh, it's it's oh. beautiful. Um, and this is Capstone again, isn't it? Yes, uh, this is Capstone, and the designer is Robert Delesky. Okay. And it, it, it comes with you can get a beautiful mat for it. Which oh uh, yeah, just, you have that nice neoprene mat yeah, too. It's oh. So good. I just 
that amps a game right up. Poof. It does. Yeah. It does. It just looks so nice. Yeah. And the other thing was, I mean, quite honestly, like if you like historical, it's great because I read through the whole. I read through the whole mm. thing. There's a special historical booklet that talks to you about. You know why this was an important battle and like what All happened, right. and so that's Fire and Stone. Highly, highly suggest it. Uh, one of one of the best plays I've had in in a while. Nice. All right, Richie, what'd you get in over the old Thanksgiving holiday? Well, like I said, I've been playing a lot of games with Knox. He's he's coming along as a gamer very well, uh, and I've been trying a lot more family weight games. Got and it. I picked up Flamecraft. Oh, I've I've heard really good things from people. Well, <laughs> you won't be hearing anything that great from me. No, but <laughs> but I heard way too light for me is what I was told. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's It seems like almost like in between a like a kid's game and a gateway game. Like it's in that area okay. as far as gameplay goes. In the game, you're dragons working in, I don't know, you're in this town. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird theme. <laughs> it's a cute theme, but it's a weird theme. Uh, but uh, talk about a nice neoprene mat. It's a gigantic mm-hmm. neoprene mat. And I just bought the standard retail edition. I got it for, it was like on sale for like 24 bucks at Bordlandia. I did buy the metal coin. So I'm in for like $35 on the game. Okay. Um, and the production of just the retail is great. I think the only thing I'm missing is wooden tokens for the resources and then uh, miniatures for the, instead of the wooden tokens. But I, I actually like the wooden tokens better. Yeah. Uh, but in the game, it's basically like a worker placement engine builder type game. And on your turn, you can do one of two actions. You can either gather um, from the shops or you can enchant a shop. Uh, so the way that the board is laid out, it looks like uh, like a little town square, essentially. And there's a fountain where you put all the coins. And then uh, there are these shops. And those are just basically the worker placement spots. So at the beginning of the game, there are six of them. Uh, by the end of the game, you could have 12 of them if your town expands that far. But all you do is you'll take your dragon. You can do one of those two actions. And the main action is the gather. And all that does is you'll go to a shop. You will, if someone's there, you have to give them a resource. So you're not blocked from any spots. But, uh, I mean, unless you're out of resources. But in this game, you, you have a ton of resources most of the time. So you'll have something that you can give to uh, the people there if they are there. Uh, and then you will collect the resource that that particular shop gives you. You have the option. Uh, you'll have this hand of uh, artisan dragons. Uh, and essentially, they are just enhancements on top of uh, these different worker placement spots. So when you go to a shop, you have the option, if you if you have a match that will work for that particular shop, to play a dragon. And then you can use one of the dragon abilities and then use the shop ability. And the whole goal of the game and the way that the game ends is either you are going to go through this entire enchantment deck, which is the other action, which all you're doing with the enchantment deck is it's basically recipe fulfillment. So you have all these open goals that are out on the board. Uh, I think there's like four or five of them available at all times. And when you go to enchant, you'll turn in the resources that are on there. You'll get points. You'll get other uh, things. Um, fancy dragons is another thing, which are just basically like in-game uh, scoring cards that you can eventually put down. Um, and then you can use all the dragon abilities that are at that particular shop when you enchant it. And then eventually you're going to go through that, that entire enchantment deck, or you're going to go through all the artisan dragons. Um, and that's what ends the game. It, it gives you the, the, the different actions at the, the different shops give you the ability to start chaining things together as more and more stuff comes out. It's like I said, it's fine. 
I don't understand like people that are spending, I think like the Kickstarter version is like over a hundred dollars yeah. wild price. If you, you got ripped off. If you did that gameplay wise, you got ripped off production wise. It's fantastic. Gameplay wise. I mean, it's almost a kid's game. Uh, Knox played and he enjoyed it and it was fine. But even him like towards the end of it, because as more and more shops come out and you can do more and more stuff, turns start getting a little long and it seems like it. I mean, it. there's only two actions in the game and it, it still seems like it needed to be streamlined a little bit. And we just played a two player game. So I couldn't even imagine if you're playing with four players, but uh, it, I mean, it's worth a try if you're really into cute dragons. Uh, it's a decent game. Retail version's fine. Mm, I'm into ugly dragons, so I'm going <laughs> to What about... Now, Isla likes dinosaurs, which is dragon adjacent. Will she play it? She She's a little iffy on board games. Right now, the only board game like she wants to play is Get Bit, which is fine. And she's five. So, right. um, yeah, she... She gets bored real quick with games, sure. but I like draft a source. She'll play with us and get bit. And I got this and she, she looked at the box and she just walked away. She was kind of, <laughs> so All right. we'll see when she gets a little bit older. Well, that's awesome that Knox is really starting to get into yeah, he, some games. That's, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, it's Minecraft first, right? But when he's out of screen time, then he's like, Hey, let's play a game. Okay. So, All right. so it works. Let's start a, start uh, reducing that screen time. Even yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might do that. <laughs> I did play a good game, though, with oh. Jessica last night. Oh, okay, good. And actually, I wish I would have played it before you ordered Blitzkrieg. Well, I mean, I got Blitzkrieg on a, you know, I don't know, miniature market deal or whatever. What's up with miniature market? What? I ordered games like, it's like a week ago, and they still haven't oh, even God, shipped them. You're not uh, gonna, it's going to yeah, be a while. Yeah. Last time I ordered from them, it took a month. They said that now they've got it, but now, now they've got their warehouse together finally, but they've got back orders because they never... I mean, so they've been changing like, warehouses for forever. It's it's a so bad situation. On? I yeah. think they're losing but a they lot of business. Too, they you know? never stopped like running sales and taking orders while they were doing that whole move. That was the whole issue with mine is that they started moving and then they ran like a huge sale, which put them further behind. And then it took a month. But huh? OK, well, so luckily, everything I think I got from them was just Black Friday sales. Right. Stuff yeah. That yeah stuff like, that you didn't care about. Yeah. OK, so. Uh, but okay. So I, instead of buying Blitzkrieg, I should have gotten what? Well, you should have gotten Caesar. Oh, that sounds so, much, even much yeah, better. Seize, okay. seize Rome in 20 minutes. So it's exact wow. same. I mean, it's Paul Amore. That's better than Caesar himself did. Much better, much better. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> well, so, technically Pompey left Caesar, left Rome and Caesar was able just to walk in, you know. I bet it took him more than so. 20 minutes to walk in, though. Yeah, probably. Right. <laughs> he took his time. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so. <laughs> so it's a two-player game. Uh, one of you is Caesars. The other one is Pompey. Yep. 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 Uh, so the way that it works is that you have a little board that uh, it, it's the late provinces of uh, the Roman Empire. So it's kind of like zoomed in a little bit up on Italy and those surrounding regions. On the map, you have these different border spaces, and then there's the different province spaces. And the way that the game works is that you will have, and it's kind of like uh, Blitzkrieg, you have your bag of influence tokens. And on the influence tokens, uh, they are they show a number. There's a black line that goes through the middle, and then there's a number on each side, and then there's also a symbol. So the, the different border spaces will have like a sword or a boat, shield, these different symbols on there. And then those are also on your influence tokens. And that's where like that particular influence token can go. And when you place an influence token, you'll place it so that that black line will go through uh, that border. And so you'll like you're putting 
Like one of them is we'll have like six and then zero on one side. So you're putting six influence into this province and you're putting zero into the other province where you placed it at. If you uh, completely surround a border space and it doesn't matter whose tokens they are, if they're completely surround it, then you're going to whoever placed that last token that uh, finished that particular province will get the bonus province token. And then you'll check to see who has the most influence in that region. And then they get to place their control marker there. And the whole goal of the game is to go through your 12, get your 12 control markers out onto the board. And that's how you win. Or uh, the game can also end if you need to place an influence token and you're out. Then your opponent will win at that point as well. The thing that I really like about this is that that whole doesn't matter who placed or who's winning that province. It's who placed that last token will get that bonus token because the bonuses are strong. Like it's you can have a extra influence token for the rest of the game uh, and or you can take a, a, another turn right after that. Um, there's one where it lets you flip over influence tokens or flip over control markers. Uh, but it's it's just a nice little tug of war uh, game out there where you're just you know, trying to, there's certain regions that you know that you're just not going to win. But if you can be the last place, person to place that influence token, then you can get the bonus. And then hopefully you can start turning things around that way. Uh, the other thing is when you take control of a region, you'll check adjacent regions. And if you have control of any of those, you get to place an extra influence marker on uh, the border that is in between them. So you also have to be careful not to, you know, allow your opponent to just get huge swaths of land next to each other because then they can start really knocking out their control markers if they start winning the, the different provinces mm. and it cut the game comes with two expansions we, we haven't played with those yet there's just two little mini expansions uh, in the box that sound good one is poison uh, i cannot remember what the other one is but uh yeah it, it, fantastic game like i said i was kind of meh on blitzkrieg i didn't hate it mm -hmm. uh but this felt like a like a solid little two-player war game and it, it Plays in 15, 20 minutes. So what Super did fast. you like about it. what did you like about um the this that over Blitzkrieg? Like, does it offer an added choice, do you feel like? Uh over over yeah, Blitzkrieg? I don't know. It 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 I don't know. It did feel like I had more control. And like Blitzkrieg just felt very vanilla to me. I don't know. Okay. It didn't feel like, you know, you're just moving up this track, whatever. Like, I don't know, you know, moving that token back and forth the, the tug of war there right where i mean i don't know this felt like a very good solid like area control war game that worked very well in 20 minutes cool um yeah so that that was the other game caesar mm. that reminds me and i had totally forgotten up until this point but richie i think you would be interested in this and clef actually i I think you actually might be interested in this uh, this was a two-player game that i got stephanie to play with me just the other day i played and I know you're not going to like, because we don't like the regular version, but I played Splendor Duel, which is with Bruno Catala mm -hmm. and, and Mark andre mm -hmm. And uh, man, I, I equate it to like what Seven Wonders Duel did to Seven Wonders. Okay. Well, if you don't manage your market ever sends my order, I ordered a copy of it. Yeah, okay, <laughs> good. Missy loves Splendor you and I hate it. You're so, going to like this. Okay. Let me tell you why you're going to like it. Okay. You tell me why All I'm right. going to like this. So, <laughs> so 
You have three win conditions, just like in Seven Wonders, first okay, of all. Okay, I like so, that. So yeah. the first one, as everybody knows, a, a Splinter's an engine-building game where you're trying to get these gems that are poker chips, and then once you collect enough, you can pay for the, the cards out in the row, and those usually give you points, or they become like a permanent extra gem to help pay for more cards. So that's the, the premise. But there are three ways to win in this. The number one way is just get 20 points off of the cards in your row. Okay. Another one is 10 points off of all the same kind of gem. Okay? okay. And the third one is 10 crowns. Crowns are this new thing where you have four crown uh you have four crown cards um in the center and they are they have abilities on them and, and they're also worth points. So there's one that's like three points and that's it. There's another one that's two points, but when you take it, you get to take one of the other player's gems from them. Um okay. straight up. And there's another one where if you take that, you just get an, another turn right away. So things like that. Okay. Um, and the other cards out in the tableau that you can build, uh, they get you crowns. So once you have collected three crowns, you get your choice of one of those cards. Once you've collected six crowns, you get your choice of another of those cards, basically. And if you've got 10, that's another win condition. Okay. Okay. So... That makes it interesting. Then the tokens are out on this board. Okay. I think it's like a, I don't know, like a five by five board, checkerboard kind of thing. And so you have the, they're pulled out of a bag and start in the center. And there's an arrow going outwards that kind of shows you how to place those out of the bag. You get to pick three tokens or either orthogonally or diagonally in three in a row. Okay. You can't have any gaps in between. So sometimes you your choice is just like two. You can never pick a gold one, okay? Because the gold ones can only be set out to reserve just like in the regular game, mm -hmm. all right? Then the other gem is a pearl. Pearl's another resource. There's only two of those chips. Very hard to get, okay? However you get favor, like little favor scroll tokens. The way that you can get favor scroll tokens is if somebody gets three of the same gem, like there happens to be three in a row and they take it. So you get that favor, favor token. Uh, if they happen to get two pearls in a row, because that's the only pearls in the game, or uh, they reset the board. Because every time you pay with your chips, you put it back in the bag and then you can choose to reset the board um, that's the first thing you do in a round if that's your turn, and then you get to take from it. So you can see that there would be an advantage there. But you will always get to spend one of those favor tokens to just take any chip, as long as it's not gold. Okay. So you can kind of build those up over time, too. There's three of them. Um, so you, there's some strategy there. It's it's interesting. And then some of the cards out in the tableau that you can pick from have those special abilities, too. So what they are basically is like, okay, I, I got this card, and it counts as a white gem but i can also take another turn or i got this card and it counts as a red gem but i can now i can just take one of your gems you know so there's there's more interactivity there and you can kind of see what the other person is going for and not only can you uh kind of try to you know reserve it with a gold card but uh, a gold chip but i can take your chip that i know you're using to work towards stuff Okay. which Good. it doesn't feel that mean, but it's, and it's snappy. It's super snappy once you know it, you know? So it's not like the best game in the world, but it does exactly what you want it to do. And it feels like you're, paying attention to what the other person's doing. Okay. All right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I was say, yeah, two player, like regular Splendor, you're just doing your own thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So there, there is definitely, and, and I like that you can see like, 
I think I can get 10 crowns before she can get 20 points, you know, or I mm-hmm. think, you know, so you're kind of like, oh, I got to stop this or stop that. So right. I would highly, uh, I would highly check it out. I think it's a yeah. great couples game. All right. I'm glad I ordered it. So like I said, Missy loves Splendor. So I figured it was yeah. worth giving it a shot. So awesome. What about you? What have you been playing? Well, uh, I actually did get the entire fam to play a game on Thanksgiving Day. Woo! All so right. All four of my kids and my wife, and we played Charioteer from, oh. uh, from Macaulay Culkin. I'm kidding. It's uh, Matt Culkin's. And it is from GMT Games. And this is one that just came in uh, that I P500. And now... Matt did another little game that uh, you may have heard me talk about a few times that I absolutely love, which is uh, Sekigahara. And I, so I'm, you know, I'm going to say, hey, anything that Matt does, I'm going to give a shot to, because obviously I love Sekigahara. Um, I knew this was a little bit lighter. This was supposed to be a race game. And, it, well, it is a race game. It is about, uh, you know, Roman chariots racing. And it is really is a card driven game. And so kind of what you do on everybody at the same time will choose one to three cards out of their hand. And you have eight cards in your hand that have, and they have to have matching symbols on the card. And there's four types of symbols that you can use. There's the sprint, which is obviously just as fast as you can go. There's one that's called the corners, which helps you go faster on the corners. There's an attack, which allows you to attack your opponents and then there's a recover that helps you take some of the damage out of off of your chariot. Um, when you put these, you basically you're just going to like, so let's say I had five fours that were matching and they were the sprint color. Okay. I would basically add up every symbol that I had that was matching. And then I would add whatever the number is inside of the, of the bubble of these, of these symbols. So I would be like, okay, so I've got nine. And then I would move nine. Anytime you encounter another person's chariot, it actually makes you like, if you get into the space, you're actually behind them still. And then you have to move one more in that space to then jump ahead of them. Um, and, and honestly, really that's, that's the main thing of the game. Uh, there is some extra cards. Like there's this uh, whip card that you can get that, you know, can kind of make you catch up, but you can't, if you're like leading, you can't use it. Um, and then there's also, you move up these skills or whatever, as you're moving along. So if you do something that either a, there's an emperor dice, if the emperor likes it, or if you do a certain number of symbols, you get these extra dice to, or excuse me, you get, you get these extra skill to make it your, your, those actions better later. And then you can also get these extra little tiles called crowd tiles. Like you get, you know, the fans involved or whatever, and then they'll give you bonuses. Um, it says it's a 60 minute game. Um, it took us about three and a half hours to play it. Now that's with my family. Maybe it wasn't quite that long. We'll say three hours. Okay. <laughs> that's with my family. And there was certainly points there where especially my 50 year old daughter was like, you know, like just, you could tell she was just like, Oh my God, when's this going to be over? <laughs> um, I will say this at some point when we realized it was going really long Partly it was because people were just not concentrating enough or, you know, paying enough attention. It was like, okay, let's really go. And then we finished it because we played the full three lap version. Um, I'm going to come out and say, meh, on this game. 
I felt like I didn't have a, there's, I mean, the player act interaction is null and void. I mean, you're just, you're playing cards. Yes, you can attack the other players. And then there are ways to kind of block attacks if you, you know, think maybe one's coming. But most of the time, there was always this main crowd crowd card that you, like there was one for each round. So you could add that to your cards that you were playing. You most of the time tried to match up with that card and just go as, you know, as far as you could. And and honestly, now my wife will not admit to this because she thinks that she just played more skillfully. But as me and uh, Mason and Devin both have said, she just got lucky because she just drew the cards when she needed to, to, to match up with these <laughs> things. I just didn't feel like, I mean, I'm not saying that there wasn't skill in the game because there was certainly, you know, certain skill that you definitely used when you wanted to use the cards. But for the most part, I would say this game is if you're looking just to have, you know, not a lot of thought process and, and try to do this, it's fine. But honestly, if you're going to do that, I would say play, what is it? Ready, set, bet or whatever. Is that the game? Yeah. 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 That's going to be a lot more fun. I I just, this game just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't, I'm not sure what it's, who it's supposed to be for. Well, anytime a race game like that goes that long, like when I play a race game, I want it to be fast. And, and obviously if there's no player interaction, then yeah, uh, yeah, a race game without interactions just seems odd. Yeah, because it so. wasn't like you could you couldn't like block somebody or you know I was like some point I was like can I like throw a banana in the track and make <laughs> him slip on the banana I don't know I just uh yeah which I'm bummed because obviously you know I I love Seki Gahara and I love GMT games but I am going to say at least at first play uh, this is going to be a pass for me I, this is not one that I'm really. Uh, looking forward to getting back to the table because uh, I, I just didn't feel like there was anything that I uh, didn't didn't feel smart playing it. You know, just it just felt like, OK, yep, this is going to be the best move I can make with the cards that I have. And, and that's really all there is to it. You hmm. are smart to me, though. I want uh, you to well, know thank that. you. And I feel like there was a runaway leader. I felt like Missy at one point got way out ahead of everybody. And there was just I mean, like literally the last round of the game there was no question that Missy was going to win. Right. And it was like, we were just all playing for, you know, lower places or whatever. Mm. So, so unfortunately, so, um, but I did get in another play of a game, uh, last night, no, a couple of nights ago and was kind of surprised on it. And this is a game, Chad, have you heard of this game? Encyclopedia. Yes, I have. You have heard Ooh. of this. Okay. Yeah, because well, you just talked about it like, I don't know, 30 minutes ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay. Tell me about Encyclopedia. Uh, I will tell you about Encyclopedia. Um, it is from Holy Grail Games. Okay. Which we were like, we know Grail Games. Yeah, I thought, because when he said that, I was yeah. thinking of, uh, you know, Grail Games right. popped in my head, but then I yeah. looked at it and I was like, oh, no, that's not right. So, yeah, it's Holy <laughs> Grail Games. Um, and this one just happened to be at the friendly local game shop. And I was grabbing a couple of, you know, things there already. And I looked at it and I just, I liked the look of the, the art. You're, you're so lucky. Like you so, don't have a drug problem. Like he oh, would just give me all yeah. the drugs. Yeah, <laughs> just, <that's very> true. <laughs> <laughs> I like the look of the e-pills. Hey, <laughs> remember Brockman told us that he was at a friend's house that where they had a bunch of guns and they were doing yeah. gun shooting or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's... And he goes, yeah, like each shot of this one that he was shooting was $10 
Just yeah, ten dollars a round for the just for the <laughs> one bullet was ten dollars a piece. Oh my! Lord. And he shot like twenty yeah. bullets or whatever. And I'm There's like, more expensive hobbies, exactly. more damaging so hobbies. So I as think well. yes, I I feel pretty good about <laughs> yeah. my addiction. All right. <laughs> um. So anyway, so I picked it up. Uh. Well, I read the back and it said something about dice drafting. I mean, and it it, it is a a beautiful. I was really because yeah. we were going to play that or uh, tile tum. Yeah. And we started. We're like, you know, if if anything, we can bail on this if it's terrible. But I mean, the production looked great and all that stuff. So yeah, I had it set up, and uh, and, and Richie and Brockman came over the other night, and and I said to him, you know, hey, if you want to play it, we can play it. And like Richie said, well, let's give it a shot, you know. And uh, it is a lighter game, but it actually had some, you know, interesting decisions. And so I'll give you a, a quick premise here. It is about. Um, around in the 1700s where um, some, you know, they were out studying a lot of different animals in different regions and then people would come back and publish it. And then obviously they were making, you know, encyclopedias and stuff about the stuff that was discovered and published. And so this game has all kind of these really cool looking, nice art of all these different animals that, People obviously uh, wrote about and, you know, studied and then, you know, kind of wrote about. Um, but at the heart of the game, it's a dice placement game. At the beginning of the round, everybody's going to roll. They're going to pull four dice out of the bag and the dice are different colors. And then you're going to roll them and you're going to put them on your player mat. And when you put them on your player mat, there's four spots. One that has a like a $2 one. There's one that gives you like some reputation and one that gives you some victory points. And then the one that doesn't do anything. Now you don't get those bonuses when you use your own dice, but you can take other people's dice. And if you take somebody else's dice and it's on one of those spots, then you get whatever from the spot that they took from. So like if they take from the $2 spot, I get $2. Right. Um, when we first kind of said that, we were all kind of like, eh, it probably is not something you're going to use all that much. You know, it didn't seem all that good, but it actually was. I mean, in fact, you probably took more of other people's dice than your own, in fact, mm-hmm. um, just simply because you would need certain colors and you would need certain numbers for whatever you were trying to do. So, man, somebody rolled like a purple six or something and you really needed a purple six. You were 100% going after their die. You didn't really care if it gave them victory points or coins or reputation or whatever the case was. So uh, so there was definitely some interaction in that. And then this, then you just had a bunch of work replacement spots. And yes, there, so there was, you know, go get reputation. There were these, uh, there was some tokens that you could get that could help change the color of the die. But like when you, you would then go and get like what animals you were going to study. Then you had to go to the continents and like study the different animals. And they each had like different, uh, like, it would be like mammals and what they ate. And then that would be um, something like their environment and uh, their type. Yeah. There's yeah, yeah oh, a bunch of different, and uh, like six uh, different uh, categories, something like yeah. that. So that you, yeah. So you would, um, so you'd go and you try to get these cards that you had and you try to get the same types of uh, these different categories so that when you went to publish it, you could write about these same categories. So for instance, you might have a, you know, a uh, omnivore that you studied in Australia, and then you might have one you studied in Asia and one in Africa. Well, you could write about the, that same, all three of those 
in the same publishing because it was all the same type of thing that you were writing about basically. So, um, I, I mean, I don't want to go more into detail. That's, that's basically it. And you were scoring victory points for all this. And then, you know, person at the end with the most victory points won. you're getting victory points in this game for everything. I mean, uh, a lot of stuff that you're doing, you're getting victory points all the time. I think our final scores, I think Richie was in the way 200, high 200. Yeah, like 250. Yeah, something like rather. that. And, you know, we won't, Brockman and I were a little bit lower. Um, <laughs> and uh, overall, I thought it was a solid game. Yeah. Um, it was actually a little bit, I don't want to say it was hard to learn, but it was a, like, it was a little bit different of a mechanic than I'm used to in a game. Took yes. a little bit to kind of get well, used I lo- to. I love the dice mechanic. I think that was great. I would love mm-hmm. to see that in more games. Mm-hmm. Um, that worked out very well. The When you're publishing, because you have to pick like a reference animal, like there's more steps yeah. to it. Um, but once you wrap your head around it, it's very clever and a solid, you know, mid to light, mid-light game. Yeah. There, yeah. I, I don't know about replayability, like how you know how many plays you're going to get out of it, but it's definitely, if you get a chance to play it, I would definitely recommend playing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, beautiful, decent little game. You know, uh, yeah, I would definitely say medium weight at best, but still worth a play if you run across this. Uh, yeah, I can recommend it. And that's from Holy Grail Games. Holy Grail Games. Encyclopedia. I was hoping you would get to, like, it was just about going door to door and trying to sell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One of my favorite Friends episodes is when uh, Teller comes to sell Joey the encyclopedias, (laughs) and Joey can't afford them. So he's like, okay, I'm just going to get one volume. (laughs) So, what letter are you going to get? Oh, I don't know. They're all so good. (laughs) Oh, boy. Remember those days when uh, you didn't have it at the palm of your tip of your hand there? That's right. Okay, well, uh, what do we should we do a little uh, crowdfunding uh, corner? Yeah, let's talk about Vendel the Viking. All right. So we had a great opportunity, and uh, from thanks to uh, Ion Games and uh, Jess from Heavy Cardboard, who. Gave us an opportunity to do a prototype, play the prototype of Vindel to Viking, which is kind of a predecessor to um, Pax Viking. So as I recall, you are basically building out your family tree, right? And and yeah. you have you have a card tableau of these different uh, people, and you have to be in certain areas of the map so that you qualify for being on the spot. Uh, that these people come from essentially, and then you can meet those criteria and buy the people uh, from the card row, essentially making them part of your family. So right. it's, it's it's symbolizing going to these different places in the Nordic uh, countries and kind of getting these people into your family tree. You're marrying right. them into your family and right. making them part of your Viking clan essentially. Right. And you had action points, or you know, you had so many actions that you got to take each round, and then certain things would take more actions. So then you obviously get, uh, you know, more action points, I should say. So then you got less actions for the round. Um, but I think the thing that I liked about it the most is it has a very huge area control aspect to it where these areas that you go to, you have to control the area to be able to get the person to put into your family tree, which is the way you score the most points. And boy, somebody comes along and they just, you know, they keep trying to put more people in there. And then it's like, ah, and then you're like, okay, well maybe I'll go over here. 
I really liked it. I thought that was like the coolest part of it is that whole area control and, and kind of the, the interaction there was great. And then controlling the area lets you have different abilities of the kind of the cards that are in those provinces, mm-hmm. which is important because sometimes you may not necessarily be concerned at holding a place permanently, but you want to go get that ability at the right time to help, help whatever you're trying to do. Right. Right. And then as you retire, you know, or as you kind of uh, retired these people from your family tree, you also had this other board where you could start to kind of place them in these, in a, like a pentagram type of circle thing that then you were trying to move. And like, if you controlled two areas, then you got like an extra bonus. And then those also were giving you points. And so you were also trying to race to get those. Uh, so interaction was, was outstanding oh, yeah. in this game off the charts. Yeah. I, okay. I ran very smoothly. And like we were been saying those cards, uh, and once again, they did the circular cards, which I like um, just the different abilities. And because there's times where like people would start taking over your homeland and you start fighting for it. And then you're like, you know what? I don't really need that right now. I can I can go right. do something else. Like you could, there's a lot of different avenues uh, that you can take to, to win the game. So very cool game. Uh, so the other important thing I think that we know, because we did have a problem with this, with the bigger player counts with with uh, PAX Viking. Yes, they use the same circular cards, but the board is much smaller. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you are able to see a little bit more what people are doing. You're able to see across the board a little bit more. So that was a problem that I think they at least addressed somewhat in this that we had with uh, PAX Viking. So much better. Yeah, I didn't have an issue at all. There was not a point where you can't see every single thing on the board where I agree in PAX Viking. Sometimes if you were up in the upper area that down area i was like i don't even care what's going on down there because it's just you can't tell i would totally agree this you know yeah Uh, i think they hit it out of the park i mean i i'm very excited i'm i you know i've absolutely backed this and i'm looking forward to uh to getting it it does have a way for you to then move from your from this game and then use that in pax viking oh really yeah now we didn't get a chance, unfortunately, to do that part. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm not even going to speak on it. I just know it's there. So if you're a big Pax Viking fan, this would also be something you might want to check out because it somehow that your family tree then is going to then move on, and somehow that's going to set up. And I know there were some some Pax Viking cards and stuff that were also in the box. Yeah. That I didn't get a chance. And that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I really think ion games really hit it out of the park here. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, the Kickstarter is over, unfortunately for this game. Um, however, there is the ability to do the late pledge and to do that, you just need to go through game found. So just go to gamefound.com and uh, that, if you forget, the link is still on the Kickstarter page. If you go to Kickstarter and go to Vindel to Viking, uh, you can just click on their update uh, number 13, and it has a little thing in there. Tells and you I'll, I'll throw it in so, the show notes, go, too. So. All right. There you go. Rich will throw in the show notes. So, All right. Hey, I think it's time to start the draft. All right. Let's do it. This time we were listening to our Slack channel and uh, they really wanted to hear us talk about overrated games. I think we've kind of done something that's been underrated, like what, what 
what is far back on the on the BGG charts that should be higher up. I think okay. we did something so like that. Oh, so yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. it's fair that we do do the overrated. I would say I don't know how you guys did this, but I would say we're gonna. I'm I'm gonna use the BGG, you know, rankings to kind of choose overrated. I'm going by their rankings mostly to say okay, it's pretty high on the rankings. That's why I think it's you know it, it it's it's overranked basically. Yeah, I did a combination of the score and in the ranking. Okay, so okay. so <clears throat> so that's kind of where we're coming from. Um, keep in mind, please. Uh, you know, we don't necessarily love to be a font of negativity, but if we uh. If we don't like something, it just means we don't like it. Doesn't mean that you love a completely broken, stupid game. So I like being negative sometimes. No, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Richie does. Richie <laughs> These does. games suck. I'm gonna tell people they suck. All right. Well, doesn't mean I don't like you though. If yeah. you like the game. So, oh yeah. yeah. I love Chad C. But oh, sorry, we're not there. Yet. <laughs> we actually did this draft once. Yeah, we did. This was our lost episode. This was the lost episode. And this is the only one that, yeah, that was the only lost episode that we didn't re-record. Yep. <laughs> so. Yep. So uh, I don't even remember one bit of what I would have. I don't think anything chosen. that I drafted then I drafted because that was earlier on. I remember one of mine and I didn't draft it this time. So. Okay. There we go. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, Richie, we'll tell everybody here how we draft at good old Punchboard Paradise. So at Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists. That's why we draft. So we are going to do a serpentine draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you will draft first in the second round. So we're going to roll off. Uh, Clef will not get to roll because in our last draft, which was the best trick-taking games, uh, Clef uh, pulled up the rear with 10.8% of the vote. I had 21.6% of the vote, and Chad crushed with 67.6% of the vote. Skull King crushed. Well, yeah, Skull King. I had good other and, ones. And he had Stick'em. Yeah. yeah. You like Stick'em. Yeah. yeah. I, I see. <laughs> Did you see how he uh, spelled Nyet on here? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, try, I try not to sometimes. If you want if you want to chuckle, go go check that out in, uh, <laughs> in our guild. All right. All right. Let's, Let's roll, roll off. <laughs> I got a seven. Nice. All right. Um, hmm. I don't know if there's something I got to fight over. I'm going to go first. I don't think there's... I think we're going to be... Uh, yeah, I'm going to go first. So there's one okay. I want to draft it. I think one of you two would draft probably okay. Clef. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go first, and then we'll just go... Sure. Chad will have the, the turnaround. All right. Okay, I'm going second. All right. All right. Uh, so my first one, it is rated an 8.4 on BGG. It's the number 14 game. And my own personal rating of the game Ooh. is a six. Ooh, I, I did have this on yeah, my I list. Yeah, I knew you. I figured you had this on your list. I mean, this is going to lose you Jake's vote right here. I, that's a, but okay. Jake, I love playing Dune with Jake. I just, yeah, just Dune Imperium, Dune I don't, I mean, I'll play it with Jake, but 14? I, it's How is wild it that that game is 14. Yeah. I, and it's just, it's, and for me, it's, it's kind of like, because a lot of people that love this game love like highly thematic games like, like the original Dune. But in this just feels like a very dry, boring worker placement clank, you know, mix up. Yeah, it's just it's not that it's it's fine. It is fine, but it's not the number fourteen. It's best wild game that it's fourteen. Time. I can yeah. agree with you that it's over overrated. But I honestly I like Dune Imperium, and I disagree that it's dry and boring. I feel like I I sweat during the last few rounds of this because. There is like one point difference usually with most of these. And I no, feel like I, I think the actual game is fine. It's, tense. it's but it doesn't feel like yeah. Dune. 
114 would be fine. Not 14. No, this game is not. Yeah, 14 is, is wild. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's where I agree with you. I think because it, it came out pandemic, right? It came out in 2020, right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that helped it a lot because there wasn't that much that mm-hmm. came out that came year. Out that year. Um, but 14 is just insane. I don't uh, disagree with that. That's pretty darn high. So that's, wow. that's my first pick, wow. Dune Imperium. Okay, all right. Uh, well, for my first pick, um, I'm going to go with, uh, so a game that I think is a very, very good game that is enjoyable is Clank. Okay. But I'm going to tell you what's overrated is Clank Legacy. Yes. Oh my God. The 25th best game. I know. Oh, I didn't crazy. realize it was that no high. It is. Okay. I could not believe it. Good. Oh, good steal. Oh my goodness gracious. Clank Legacy should be nowhere near 25, but I mean, come on. There's just, it was kind of slow and clunky and really honestly, the last game or the last round of it or whatever was the, even the best Definitely round. Definitely the best game. Yeah. Yeah. And you, it took forever to get there. Uh, if you're going to play Clank, just play good old fashioned Clank and just have a good time and be done with it in, you know, an hour and a half. Don't mess around with this game. It is clunky. It is slow. It is just not all that enjoyable. And it definitely should not be ranked 25th overall. I'm going to totally agree. And this was near the top of my list for picking. So that was a good, good snipe. Um, Yeah. I, I feel like the people that ranked it this highly just heard about the idea. Like, oh, I love Clank. Because like, that's, that's the way I feel. Yeah, that's the way I feel about it. I mean, and then I played it, and I was like, how could it go this wrong? Yeah, the yeah. just the length and the the bookkeeping after oh, a yes. game is so it's long. So much to set up and tear oh. down. If it would have been snappy, and if more games were like that, the very final one, yeah, um, then I would have been oh. fine with it. I, I, I don't, and I played it with uh, Jake and our wives, and Jake did all that, all the you know, the, uh, the re- upkeep and oh, all the stuff. Yeah. No, you got to spread that around. That's a lot of work. Oh my God. Well, I, I'm, I'm I didn't even have to do that part. And I was still <laughs> like, Oh my God, it's bad. <laughs> all right, Chad, on to you for the swing. Okay. This next pick, I kind of feel bad about because I am glad that this game exists in the hobby. I think it's a great game. It's great for our hobby, but it's still overrated to me. And it's ranked one notch higher than clank legacy actually. And that is wingspan. I don't I don't hate this game by any stretch of the imagination, but I think 24 for this engine builder is is just I think there are a lot of games that do this better. I mean, even something like San Juan, I like uh, more than Wingspan, and that's pretty streamlined. You know, I just I just feel like I, I I'm glad. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm glad that there exist different uh, games with different themes in them. Uh, I just think that's a great thing. You're okay. I don't think it sucks. (laughs) That's the thing. I don't think it sucks. It does what, what it wants to do. I think it it does. It is, it is able for people to come in and, and enjoy a theme that they like. Uh, There is minimal interaction and that's what they want. You know, like it does what it wants to be. It, Mm. it, it gets long at the higher player counts in my opinion, but it pretty much does what it, it, it wants to be. And I'm okay with that. I just think, 24 is really high for what it is. Uh, and I don't get me wrong, like mad props to Elizabeth Hargrave. I'm, I'm so glad. And, and tons of people have come into the hobby because of this game. Yeah. I don't, 
I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I also can say I can see why it's where it's at. And it certainly has done so much for the hobby. Right. That I guess I kind of excuse the fact that there are so many people that still rate it that highly. Uh, I could go either way. It was not on my list, but it I wasn't on my list either. Game. But yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. Um, of the Stonemeyer games, it's like one of the few that I would I would play. Like if someone just set it up and said, "Yeah, know, let's play this," I'll I'll there's, play it. There's there's like another side, Stonemeyer oh, yeah, on whoops. my list. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, much worse. So. But yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. All yeah. right, all right, Chad. What's your next one? I I just feel bad about these because. <laughs> <laughs> this is, Chad this is right a tough now is over Chad. here just going, oh my god, I just said another bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's painful. Although, yeah, I mean, in John Company, he's a. I almost used my my curse word for the. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't mind being a jerk on uh, in in games at the table with us. No, that's because that's I don't know these other people who I, I know, assume I are actually nice people. I know you two. <laughs> <laughs> um. So here's the deal. It's a co-op game uh, and it's, but who's really going to be sad and I'm not going to get votes from is our solo gamers uh, on the channel. And uh, that's Spirit Island. Ooh, Jamie. Oh, just, oh, man. I know I feel bad, Ooh. but I just, I've played <laughs> I this Jamie game. Jamie did say he cooled on it. Yeah. He I played this cool game a few times and it, I get that it is, you know, uh, it is, it is a cooperative game. The card interactions are really interesting, but it still does feel like a variant on pandemic and how things bl blossom or balloon out. And uh, I feel like the hand management and the card actions and stuff like that, that you're using to take care. I feel like those, there are other games that are interesting to me. This might be more of a personal one, but I still feel like number 11 in the BGG rankings is real high for this game. Uh, I haven't played it, but I'm not, I mean, I won't disagree with you because I, it just seems strange for that type of a game to be that high. I haven't played it either, but I have a very blinged out copy. <laughs> wow. Man, I, I'm still Chad planning saying, on playing. But Chad saying he doesn't like it makes me less to want to play it. I mean, <laughs> well, I'm, Knox keeps seeing the box and he loves the the idea of the theme. So I'm going to play with him eventually one day. Right. Yes, you are. And he likes cooperative games. You know, yes. And half the time with games like that, it's like if you can get a, a person to play them with with you and they really like it. But I don't have that, yeah. and I, I I feel like it okay. it's overrated. So Spirit okay. Island's my second pick. All right. Well, for my next pick, I was introduced to this game by my my brother in law Josh, who, uh, you know, likes some lighter games than I do for sure. But you know, he was really excited about this, and I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, there was a giant tree in the middle of this board. And then there's cards on this tree that I can't even see. And then it's blocking other stuff. And then there's this other, and what a train wreck of a game. All right. Now <laughs> I have certainly played this since. And where I will say it's not that bad of a game. You remove that stupid tree and you can actually see stuff. Some expansions have come in and I've played it. It's not terrible. It's my one of my friends, Jeff's. He loves this game. But Everdell should not be number 31. No way. Come on. Are there people voting for this just because it has a giant tree and it looks cute? And oh, the animals and the blah. Give me a break. This game is not number 31. 
This game shouldn't be 131, but if it is somewhere, should not be that high. Everdale, way, way overrated. Basic, basic game. Not all that spectacular. Just the blinged out stuff is what makes it this high. It is made out of real tree, though. <laughs> I don't care if it's made out of... Yeah. <laughs> I like Everdale. <laughs> so I do I too. Like I, 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 I mean, I think that's I pretty high, it, but, but yeah, yeah, overrated no, I, for what it is. Yes, I, I'll give you that. It I'm is a, overrated. You get the animals with the saddle. I mean, come on. How's oh that not God. make you? Richie, how's that not on. make you happy? Oh my God! <laughs> he likes to put saddles on animals. Have you seen his dogs? Have you ever seen what he does to his dogs? I don't want to. <laughs> All right, Richie, back to you. All right. Um, my next one uh, is going to be, I mean, it, this is kind of a family of games. Uh, Raiders of the North Sea is the highest ranked one at 97. Uh, and it's, it's rated a 7.8. You guys both introduced me to this game. You taught me with the expansion, which, I mean, maybe that, that could possibly be the issue. But uh, taking taking that out of the, the game, I think, would make it worse. <laughs> and I just did not enjoy Raiders. I, I didn't see... The love, I, I didn't understand the love for the game, uh, you know, as a, throughout the hobby. I get beautiful production and Garfield games. I like it's like when I play their games, their games get better for me, but I still don't want to play them. And there's just so much hype around the whole series, um, you know, Viscounts and I don't remember the word, Paladins and all that stuff. And just a lot of them are just seem like very multiplayer solitaire very basic games that are just they're beautiful but i i just didn't get the the hype around all of uh -huh. them so uh yeah that's my my uh, next pick uh i not too long ago um a uh, certain individual got this game you know like three years later and was all hyped about it and they had the play mat and everything and uh they begged me to play it and uh, let me tell you, uh, New Clef, not a fan. This this mm. game is, oh God, it was it was pulling teeth to get through it. I'll tell you that much. Even with the expansion, I didn't think it was. So I agree with you, Richie. I think those games, just in general, I don't know what the hype is because I, I mean, he gets a new Kickstarter going, and those things will go like boom, like crazy. So yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, the Miko's art is part of it, and then they do do a pretty good job with like, actually one thing I will say that's really successful that he does is their iconography is almost always really, really clear. And it, it carries over from one game to another, which that helps with kind of learning it, I think sometimes, but yeah, I mean, you know, a, a lot of it is very yeah. Euro solitaire sometimes. So the sun's very clear too, but I don't want to go touch it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. What sun are you looking at? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just here for the <laughs> you're, They're going to make you leave. Uh, then, so. <laughs> um, this next one, Chad likes this game. It, it's not. Oh. No, it is overrated. It's it's already up to 126. It's a 7.7. .7. My rating is a five on the game. Wow. Oh, uh, for Raiders, my rating was a four. Um, so Res Arcana. Oh, I just don't get it's already up to 126. It is. It is it's a really smart game. I, I just it's disagree. It's a very boring game. It, it's a game that I pre-ordered. I was very excited. It's got Vincent Dutrade art. Uh, it's Tom uh, Layman. So I was very excited. And it just 
uh, it's just a very soulless. Have you played it that, any more than that one time with me and I, Josh? Okay. Um, yes, I. I okay. It, they added it to Board Game Arena with the expansion, so I've I played it a couple weeks ago with the expansions, hoping that something would change, and it's mm -hmm. just nothing. Nothing. Uh, it's just those ten card. I was just hoping for just just a more interesting game and. I was, you know, with the 10 card decks, I thought, it, you know, maybe it'd just be, you know, quick snappy, but no, yeah. like, like in race for the galaxy lane, as far as like, being able to just sit down, knock it out game real quick. That's yeah. interesting and fun. And this just didn't do it for me. Sorry, Chad. I got to agree with him. That game was just boring. There's nothing to it. I don't know. I just found it to be so interesting because I felt like it was so honed. It was like, this is the, mi the minimal amount you can do to make an engine builder. And it is you definitely like, did the minimal. <laughs> <laughs> all right well all right. i gotta that's the first one i've disagreed with so okay well I'm, my next pick you both are going to disagree with because you both like this game and i have played this game a few times with chad and i'm gonna tell you just snooze fest and i just don't know why it is that hyped up when you know, Rosenberg has great games like Lahav and Agricola and even Caverna is more exciting to me. Fields of Arl is just a snooze fest. It's just boring. There's just nothing going on. Ranked 77? Give me a break. No way should this game be at a 77. I just, I don't get it. I don't like it. I just don't think that this game is all that good. Yeah, I disagree with you. It is a solid, like, it's hard to get, like, heavy Euro two-player games that that work well. Yeah. That so are I just, didn't even like, feel just, like it worked well as a two-player It's really well-balanced. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's really well-balanced because somebody well, does something and you kind of have to make sure that you... I mean, it's typical, like, I got 77 actions to go choose from. Oh, you took that one? Okay, I'll just go do this one. No, there... No. I, I don't think so. I there disagree certain, with that. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see what the people think. I know the people, our people like this game. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah, you're probably right. All right. <laughs> All right, Chad, over to you. All right. Well, uh, my next one, my next one, I'm going to go with, because uh, I just don't know why this is still in the BGG top 100. I just, I feel like it is a relic now and has been passed by. And I did own this at one point, but it was pretty early on in the hobby when it first came out. And uh, it didn't, my infatuation with it, if you can call it that, did not last long. Uh, but uh, I'm going to pick Star Wars Imperial Assault at number 58. That is, I mean, that's Descent with a Star Wars skin on it. And if we're being honest here, before they put the app out, I haven't played it with the app, but before they put the app out, you had to have a, a sort of a dungeon master, right? And you had to... Uh, take control of the dark side. And basically it was the other, uh, the other player's side to figure out what they were supposed to do in a very limited time. And so it usually becomes a race to kind of try to do the thing you're supposed to do. And you don't know what it is that you're supposed to do at, at first when you're entering the room. So it's really, uh, it's, it, it just, it has some problems with it. And I just don't know with all the dungeon crawlers out there, why it's still on the top 100 list. I just I just don't know. I know that Star Wars is probably a big thing, but gosh, we've got some really great Star Wars games now. We don't need that one on the list anymore. 
Star yeah, Wars. No, it's very high for that game. I'll, I'll give you that. Star Wars Imperial Assault is uh, is overrated. Okay. Uh, my next one. Your last one. Yeah, and my last one. Mm-hmm. My next and my last one. And I still own this game. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, Concordia. <laughs> false. Uh, you would say that. Uh, oh, you don't own it anymore? Did you finally sell it? No. Uh, false because Concordia oh. is a masterwork of design. That you don't like. Okay. <laughs> I don't play nearly as often as I should. How about that? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go outside the BGG top 100. And uh, I'm going to say, I, and again, I still own this game because I do like the combos that it affords, but I certainly see the warts and problems with it. I was highest on this game when we reviewed it of anybody, but that oh, is... Oh, Forum Trey John. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he finally he he came to his senses on that. Praga Kaput Regni. Oh, God, which is a Vladimir Suhi game. Yeah. It is not a terrible game. The thing <laughs> about, I said it the other night. Yeah, he, I said, he, he, he yep, just, I did. He was talking about it the other night, yeah. It is listed at 141, though, and it is... I mean, there are other Suhi games that should be much higher than, than that game is and aren't. So... Uh, I just, again, I like that game. Um, I, I for whatever reason, I, I find like some of the history in it to be interesting. I do like the combos and the choices. I can see what problems others have in it, but overall, I just think one forty one is way too high, especially when you consider some of his other oeuvre. Mm. So that's uh, my number four. Okay, I haven't played it yet. So, uh, I mean, I played it twice, and it, it it's it's. Me- mechanism of how you pick actions is what I think is lacking. Yeah. Um, and not to get into another game, but another game that we just played has a much more interesting way of how you're picking your actions and what you're doing. And then, you know, the, the normal Euro type of actions is, you know, like that's kind of the same in all types of games like that. And that's what was lacking in that game for me. It just wasn't good. Your explanation and, and I get it. it. Clef's explanation is basically the Rondell wheel in that game. It doesn't have enough incentive to go far outside of the, this is what's in front of you. You should pick it sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So my last pick, and I don't think this is going to be any surprise to anyone in this world. And yes, I realize I may get zero votes in this draft and I just don't care. But number four, is ridiculous. It is absolutely a travesty of the world. Arc Nova is a fine light game. Okay. Hey, travesty is such an extreme. I know, right? Like (laughs) number like four. I mean, let's face it. Arc Nova has ripped off two games. Okay. I mean, it's a mixture between terraforming Mars and a new dawn of civilization. It's taken those two main mechanics and made it into a lovely little zoo that you put animals in and you score some points for some sort of weird conservation things that you do. And then you're trying to cross your things like Rajas of the Ganji. Sorry, three things that it stole from. <laughs> Number four. Now, come on. I know you both like this game better than I do. Okay. I agree. But Number four the rest is of the definitely world likes crazy. this game better than I do. I get that. But this game is not that good to be number four. Come on. I get, you know, Gloomhaven being number one, absolutely. I think it is, you know, it is probably the best dungeon crawl game out there. Pandemic Legacy up at number three or whatever it is. 
hundred percent. It's probably the best legacy game for most people out there, right? Those make sense being in that, those high spots, but Ark Nova at number four, no way. I mean, I'd be better off with terraforming Mars being at number four, because at least it was innovative and something new. Ooh, will you go to the movie with me when that comes out? Innovative? What? Terraforming Mars? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but they, you're, they, you're stealing my thunder. <laughs> they're doing a movie? <laughs> yeah. They just sold the movie rights just the other day. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm sorry. And I mean, and once again, Chad C., I love you. Dan, I love you. Everybody who loves this game, Jeff, I know you guys love this game, and I'm not trying to bash on it. It's a fine I mean, game. You're definitely trying you to bash on it. It's a travesty. It's a travesty that's at number four. <laughs> that's what the travesty is. It just is not that good of a game. And I don't know why the world is like, oh my God, this is the best game in the world. It is an okay light game that does not have a ton of decision making in it, should not be this high. I'm done. Pen drop. You know, I mean. I feel like I feel like <laughs> our our nation's like our nation's water supply right now is a travesty or like you know the, the possible threat of World War Three is a travesty, travesty. or <laughs> or, or <laughs> even <laughs> or even Ohio State losing by more than twenty travesty. points is yes. a travesty. <laughs> nope. That coach that way Ryan Day coached that game was a travesty. <laughs> nope. <laughs> So this isn't a typical Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Chad, you're not going to like my, my last one. This, and this is, I, I will, I will say that it's not overrated. Like as in board game as a whole, but like in our circles, I don't understand how 18 XX is like as much as it <laughs> I is. I forgot Richie was going to do this. Yeah. So I, I put down 1830 railways and robbers because that's the highest ranked one. It's a 7.9. I It's rated 241. I don't get it. I have, I'm playing a game online with them now, and I just I read through the rules of it, and I don't understand. It was, Age of Steam exists. If Age of Steam didn't exist, then maybe we can talk Age about it. Age of Steam it. is an auction game. That is an auction game. That is not what 18xx is. That uh, there's an auction that kicks it off, and then you're doing a lot of different. Well, 18xx, stuff. or I mean, Age of Steam can be anything. There's so many maps. There's so many different rule sets. Yes, but it can be a lot its, of different things. At its heart, it is meant to be an Let's auction. Be honest, game. Chad thinks Age of Steam's overrated. So we're, <laughs> <laughs> not true. I, so the other the other day we, we were talking. This is it. Okay. Mason comes down and goes. So is Chad going to say Age of Steam is overrated? <laughs> <laughs> and then you picked Railways to talk about or whatever. So that's <laughs> right. I get and I, I enjoy the beginning auction part of 18xx. I even I get the appeal of the companies having their own money running that, you know, with your own money and your own stock portfolio. But then you get into building the track and running the trains. And then that just gets monotonous and it's just, re just repetitive. And it's just the same thing over and over. And then you get to a point where it's just like, well, we can just math this out. And I, any game where it's just like, at this point, all we have to do is, you know, plug in some numbers. I don't, I just don't get, I just don't get the love amongst our group for 18 XX. And there's people that, 
you know, I respect their opinion on games. I respect, you know, and I like a uh-huh. lot of the different games. I talk about Chad yeah. and because <laughs> talking Tim, about Tim, Tim yeah, Tim, Tim uh, Jason, Jason, uh, oh, Jason, you and Ryan, like you, you and like Ryan, Ryan Brockman, Ryan, yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I just don't get it. I mean, you know, our good. Uh, Andrew, I mean, he yeah. obviously, well, obviously, he loves 18XX. Yeah. yeah. Remember, I, we still yeah. said we were going to go to 18XX. Yeah, I, I might still go. Yeah. I might still go. So. It's just the chats talks about shenanigans, and I just think we have different definitions of shenanigans. When he starts talking about the stock shenanigans that are happening in games, and maybe I maybe Chad just can't teach us good enough. Maybe we need a better teacher. I'm, I'm all for that. I feel like I can't. I feel like maybe that's the truth. But I mean, the more I play it, the more I see little timing things, and like I will play a game, and then I'll be like, "Oh crap! If I do this, then this will happen, and if he does that, then that'll happen." And all right, I'll still I'll still go to Des Moines. I, Worst I, case scenario, I'll, I'm, you don't have to play one. I'm hanging game out at Zombie Burger. For I was going to say because we're going to so. go to Zombie Burger for sure. So. Um, I see what you're saying, but I also, you know, cause I, I think what you're saying is the people who really love it, that is what they really love. Right. And, they, and it's like, and I don't see, I mean, occasionally playing one and I don't, you know, the right players, I don't mind it, but I will say you're right. I mean, I get about two thirds of the way through that game and I'm just like, okay, now it's the same thing for the yeah, rest. If of it the wrapped game. up quickly. Yeah. That's, that's my problem. There's just never, and I realize it's got to have what it has, you know, because that's yeah. how it plays. But yeah, no. so well, I, don't, I have no idea who's anybody's going to vote for in this this draft. I think I Chad's know. got so, it, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think his are yeah. Star Wars. Is there are less offensive. Star, yeah, nobody cares about that game. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's true though. I mean, the no, no, ones yeah, that I picked it, were overrated. The I think they're overrated, yeah, man. Any honorable mentions? Uh. I definitely have a couple. Uh, Scythe at sixteen is yeah. Scythe is is certainly not the sixteenth best game, but I think it holds on just because of its uh, its table presence presence, and you know it was one of the first big kickstarters to kind of have all that. I think um, I didn't pick it because it's almost that far out, but still, honestly, that and I have it because Finn likes it, but like betrayal at. At house on the hill or whatever, like yeah. I think that is overrated because yeah. we don't have something that can do exactly what that does, and I think we should by now. I think we we should have a game that does what that does better by now. Yeah, I, I find that game to be kind of the the fringe of being a gamer that still likes that game. You know, once you become a gamer, then you're like, okay, that's not a very good game. Mm. But the fringe out there of not like. It brings a lot of people in. Love it. It brings a lot of people in. Yeah, yeah, there's nostalgia, and I mean, it's almost like like a just a bad movie. What's the? Is it the room? Is that the one where? Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, we're going with the spoons. Like it's like it's so bad, but like it's good. Hey, speaking of that, have you guys have you guys seen the trailer for the new movie Cocaine Bear yet? (laughs) No. Where do, you, where do you have time to learn all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Terraforming Mars movie and now Cocaine Bear? Richie will put the link in our, in our podcast. I might. Uh, it is, this is a sad thing. It is Ray Liotta's last film. <laughs> it looks like ridiculousness. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm in for it. We're going to watch I like that. Ray. All right. Okay. Uh, I, I also picked uh, Galaxy Trucker. I feel like it's fine, but it goes on too long for what it is. And yeah. that's I mean, another it, one that you can find chaos and craziness and lots of games. Yeah. 
Um, oh, did you get one yet? Uh, I had unmatched. I mean, they, oh, a yeah. lot of going on about unmatched. The the highest rated one is still 194, but I mean, it just came out last year, and it's an 8.1 rating on there, and it's it's wild. It's just a very basic skirmish game that just okay. not that good. Uh, I mean, I had Quacks of Quedlinburg at 61. I mean. I mean, you're, you're pulling a tile out of a bag and sticking it on a thing. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. 61 seems a little overrated for me. Um, I also had uh, good old uh, Taya Tawakin at 80. That game is not the 80th best board game out there. No way. That's probably, to me, one of the worst tees of the, the tee games. Mm-hmm. That's See, that. I, I think a lot of people... That listen to us still enjoy that game. Yeah, I, I have a different sure opinion why. about no, that. And I, I will say I, part of it is I just like dice mitigation games. So to me, even though most people like to want and sue you more, I don't. So, yeah. All right. The other one I had on there, because since I've been playing all these family weight games here uh, lately, I played Meadow the other day. And that yeah. game is yeah. terrible. And I don't, <laughs> I do not understand how. It's it's a seven point eight, and it's already up to two sixty three. I, I don't I don't get it. It's another one of those nature games. I know, but there's so many good nature games out I, there. I agree. I, I agree. mean, that's the only good thing about the game is the art. Yeah, and it, it's barely a game. Yeah. I don't know I don't, about barely, but it's just I I, I'm, I'm, I understand what you're saying. I don't think I've played that one. I played the Cascadia. It's a very basic set collection game. All right. Well, there it is. So uh, let's see. So Richie has Dune Imperium, Raiders of the North Sea, Res Arcana, and 1830. Um, I drafted Clank Legacy, Everdell, a.k.a. The Tree, uh, Fields of Arl, a.k.a. Boring, and Ark Nova. And then Chad drafted Wingspan, Spirit Island, Star Wars, Imperial Assault, and Praga, and there's some few other words behind it. All right, so there it you go. There is our overrated draft. Chad, tell everybody that we still like them, even if we don't like the games they play. Peoples, my peoples. <laughs> uh, yeah, Clef is right. Even though he's he's rude and and. And, Rude. Uh, <laughs> and crass about it. And even though Richie likes to be mean, but says that I'm the meanest, uh, we all. I mean, you would agree that he is the meanest you. in games. I'm fair in games. If you do something Chad that is Chad, if, if you wrong Chad, he will not let it go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, he will not let it go. If you're nice to Chad, he's usually okay to you. But boy, if you do one thing to him, he will. You know what? The best way to put end. that. The best way to put that is Chad is loyal. That's the way. That's the best way to put that to, uh, to himself. himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, nonetheless, I uh, hope that you enjoyed this uh, because we had fun making it. And like I said, you, it, it comes down to you like what you like. But speaking of you like what you like, we liked a game that we reviewed quite a while back, many eons uh, in the time stream uh, in a parallel universe. I think it was two months ago. It was ago. a little bit before Vietnam, wasn't it? It was probably. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay, it changed. Yeah. It changed the la- landscape of America, and so <laughs> we so we reviewed this game. I think we all gave it a five, didn't we, gentlemen? 
I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Those five across the board. Uh-huh. Dominant species marine from GMT was the game, and for some of us, it stayed the best game of that year. I believe even. So I believe two of the smartest people on oh, this. Two of the smartest. <laughs> two of the smartest. <laughs> okay. Uh, so well, I will. Uh, I'm going to read what uh, our buddy Tom. Oh, we got to give updated oh, ratings here. Yes. Okay. It's been so long, Chad. I don't even remember. What I know. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Uh, so Chad, you give us an updated rating. Okay, I'll give you an updated rating. I am going to keep this at a five. I still think it's a really good game. Um, yeah, I think I was right. Um, okay. I have no qualms about that. All right. Mm-hmm. Richie, you give us an updated rating. You give us an updated you rating. You give me an updated rating. Go, you. Uh, well, I'm selling my copy. I This I know. Okay. So And it's just dominant species trumps it. And I'm at the point where it's. If I'm going to play Dominant Species, I'm just going to play the original Dominant Species. Mm. I, there are some things I like about this over original Dominant Species, but as a whole package, mm-hmm. the original for me is is king, and I don't I don't need this. So, gameplay wise, it's probably still a five, but for me, it's it's hitting the road. So I got I think I got it downgraded to a three. Whoa. I would, if someone asked if they, you know, should I play Dominant Species? I would tell them to get the original. Huh. Sounds like crazy talk. <laughs> crazy talk. Um, however, I kind of agree with Richie. You finally come around? I, I was sitting there the other day and I just looked at it and I said, you know, where I do enjoy it. And I will totally agree. I mean, this is, it's, it's a very good game and it, it has some very solid things. I just would always want to play dominant species before I played dominant species Marine. And now I'm not crazy enough to take this down to a three. I'm still going to keep it in my collection. Um, I still like it. And I still a hundred percent think it was the best game of whatever that year was that 2020. 2021. Whatever. That was Whatever year it was, it was still the best game. Yeah, it was last year. 2020. But, yes, I will agree that it's probably not as high on my list right now. And I, yes, Dominant Species is still the better game. I'm going to take it down to a four. So there you go. Okay. So retro ratings or look back ratings. Richie with a three. Clef with a four. Me, Stan Pat with a five. But our Punch Bunch had some things to say about this. Our man Tom Falbo said, definitely prefer Marine to the original mostly. I do like action programming in the original, which allows some more planning and pivoting based on what others have chosen. But I really don't like how the dominance is calculated in the original. Marine is more streamlined and easier to get to the table. It's still a good game at all player counts, whereas the original almost requires a higher player count. I also appreciate how the trait cards provide asymmetric starting abilities that change each game. My only complaint about Marine is that you get hosed on a card flip if you suddenly find yourself endangered on a tile and no opportunity to adjust for it marine is a five for me the original is probably a high three or a low four Oof. tom uh, we gotta talk buddy all right uh all right i got john rice here and he said uh i have played both marine and the original i don't really have a preference i love them both it's kind of like brass either version will do i would agree with that john good, yep. uh, that's a good call all right all right, and David said Marine is the better two-player game. I like them both at other player counts. Have them both at a five. Uh, I will agree. Yeah, you I would agree. Need four minimum to play dominant species. Probably five. Probably five. Yeah, five, six. Yeah, five or six. 
Where Marine, you can play it at three and still have, you know, yeah. a good game. So, so, yeah, I would definitely, if it's something that you never get five or six, then I would, yeah, definitely go with Marine then. Yeah. For sure. But Tom, Dominant Species is not a three. So, uh, we, no. No. <laughs> no. I'm just sa- no. I'm saucy in this podcast no. tonight. No. <laughs> no. All right. Well, as always, Punch Bunch, thanks so much for uh, chiming in on the guild, guild 3227. And uh, hopefully, you know, we're going to, I heard from uh, one of my buddies, I heard from Andrew uh, today, we were talking and, and uh, he said he couldn't wait. He's bringing his friend uh, to come to PPCon 2023. So Ooh. get in there and uh, uh, make sure you're reserving because honestly, I just, I want to see each and every one of you. I want to get to play games. Uh, and Andrew's going to be there. So if you are somebody who hasn't played in 18XX, he would be happy to teach you and he's a really good teacher at it. So uh, I'm sure that uh, that would be a great place to get in your first 18XX game. Um, but we're going to be playing, certainly going to be playing some there. So yeah. if if that's at all uh, attractive to you. And we're going to be playing lots of games. Yeah. We just look forward. It's a good time. Lots of fellowship. Lots of uh, laughs and happiness. So uh, consider it. Consider joining in. Uh, Aaron just uh, posted today, five months and three days away till PPCon. 23 so sweet can't come uh, fast enough considering i still have tons of work to do uh that five months is going to go very very fast but uh you know what all that work i do for the punch bunch so i will happily do it and cannot wait for ppcon 2023 all right well punch bunch that is plenty from us please be good to yourselves and be good to each other thanks everybody have a good night thanks for listening Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. And on the board, you have all these different, um, uh, they're broken off into like, there's separate different, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. Separate broken off. <laughs>